Welcome to the Bridgeway Community Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Bridgeway, visit our website at bridgeway.cc. To watch this and all of our sermons, visit our YouTube channel and be sure to subscribe while you're there. For sermon notes, click the link in the description. Today, our founding and senior pastor, Dr. David Anderson, concludes his sermon series entitled Be Encouraged with a message called How to Be Real Without Being Ruthless. Dr. Anderson will show us that we don't have to be truthless, but we also don't have to be ruthless either. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's sermon. Isn't God good to allow us to raise a hallelujah, to praise him, to share in communion together, and to share in our final installment of a four-week series called Be Encouraged. Today's title is How to Be Real Without Being Ruthless. How to Be Real Without Being Ruthless. Now, before I get into the message, I have a special prayer request for a trip that I'm about to embark upon. I've been invited and have accepted the call to go to the Ukrainian border to minister the principles of gracism to refugees who have been evacuating the country of Ukraine now for almost four weeks. And in these countries, uh, people, hearts are broken. They have nothing uh, but the clothes on their backs, their family members. And so we're going to go and do what God's called us to do. In some of the countries, even black refugees are being discriminated against. So we've been called to minister, whether it's uh, black refugees or Asian or Ukrainian refugees, whoever they are, who God gives us, we're going to minister to. I've selected a travel team to go with me, and we're going to lift and honor and share and cover and stand with others and even activate the eighth saying of a gracious that we've been talking about, I will heal with you. Well, let me tell you, these people who are dealing with pain and brokenness and are trying to live the very lives and stay alive are dealing with mental health issues, financial issues. So one of the things we want to do is to make sure we come back and build a bridge to them to help them with ongoing issues of being displaced. So when we get back, we'll tell you more about where we've been and what we're doing. But because of this call on my life and the mantle on this church, we've served in challenging places before, the Mexican border, the Syrian border, Palestinian checkpoints in Israel, hosting talks between the countries of Iran and the U.S., trying to build trust between those countries, ministering in the midst of South Africa's fight over university fees and all the uprisings that took place there. We were there on the ground, serving in Kenya amid fears of post-election violence and even uprisings in our own country in Ferguson and in Baltimore. But now the war zone of Ukraine has over 3.5, 3.6, moving toward, if, if it hasn't already surpassed, 4 million human beings who are, who are now refugees. Not to mention the millions who are displaced within their country and can't even get out. So what we can do is, as brothers and sisters, is pray for those in these countries in Europe and pray against the evil invasion of Russia against Ukraine. I want to now invite up the traveling team that's going to be going with me. 
And they'll come and stand behind this chair and I'll take that chair and have the elders come up in just a moment to pray. But let me tell you who's on the team. We've got Pastor Jared Sorber, our uh, pastor of global missions. We've got Pastor David Heiliger, our pastor of multicultural diversity and the director of Gracism Global. We've got Janice Fonseca, uh, the public relations for Anderson Speaks and the coordinator of our trip. We've got Lisa Bryson, the head of our ministry, Praise Through Recovery. And we've got David Sloan with the county of Prince George's County, someone I've mentored for a dozen years now in prayer, and he's going to be going with us. And two others that aren't here today that will travel with us is Linda Lindquist Bishop, a leadership strategist and also a board member with Gracism Global, and Pastor Ray Washington. He is the lead pastor of East Lake Community Church, a Gracism partner church in Columbia, South Carolina. While I'm away, I've appointed Pastor Gary Coiro to temporarily be the spiritual head of our church, the chairman of our clergy while I'm away. Now, listen, I fully plan to come back uh, by Good Friday. We're going to have a Good Friday service, 7 p.m., April the 15th. And so mark your calendars for that. It's going to be at OMR at the Owens Mills Reisterstown campus, 7 p.m., April 15th. I cannot wait to come and hear the seven last words of Jesus preached on that day. And then we have Easter on April the 17th. Now I'm going to also invite the elders council to come up to the stage and I'm going to ask them to pray uh, for us. I'm going to ask Elder Luis to lead us in prayer. I'm going to ask you in your homes and wherever you are, maybe to extend a hand in prayer as well in agreement with the elders. We're praying for wisdom we're praying for safety, we're praying for discernment, and we're praying that God would give us opportunities to minister the gospel. We will depart in the next 24 hours. Elders, thank you for being here, and travel team, thank you for being here. And this is our time to live out gracism right where we are. And so, Elder Luis, if you would pray and the rest of you would just pray to cover our trip, we'd be very grateful. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love, for your guidance. Thank you, Lord, because you have chosen the right people for this journey. They're your ambassadors, dear Lord. There's been many plans. However, your purpose will prevail because it is you who have chosen them and have chosen already the path they're going to follow. There are many challenges ahead, but we trust that you are already sitting and waiting for them to just show up because you have already opened all those doors for them to walk through and minister to all of those who need it. Let gracism cover that part of Europe, dear Lord. Let it be a blessing and healing to many who need it. Many brothers and sisters of us that we don't know, but you do. Four million of them, dear Lord, that we pray for, we cry over them. Because we cannot do any more. But you can. And we trust in your power. And we trust in your wisdom. And we trust, dear Lord, that you have already dressed all this group with your blessing and with your armor. Thank you for your protection. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because you're going to take them there. And even thank you even more because you're going to bring them back to tell us all the great stories, your stories, dear Lord. All the, the diaries that they're going to fill with all the great blessings, all the miracles that we have been asking for. Because we are mighty. 
because we stand with you. Thank you, dear Lord. In the name of Jesus, I prayed and declared. Amen. Amen. And amen. And amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Well, we are covered. We are in prayer. You are joining us as you pray for us while we're gone. If you want to give to the to this, to our travels, to the people on the ground. We know people on the ground. We've already given money to. And they said, Pastor, you know what we're doing with the money? Uh, one of my pastor friends who was in Ukraine didn't think a war was going to happen. Uh, two weeks later, he's a refugee. And we're talking on WhatsApp and uh, we'll send him money, know how to get it to him directly. And he, guess what he uses the money for? He says, I use the money to give people fuel, gas. He goes, gas is better than gold right now. Because when you're evacuating, all you have is your car, your children in the car, the clothes on your back. And uh, then you're sitting in your car for 16 hours. You run out of gas. It's cold. And so you show up with gas, and it's like you're showing up with life. And so uh, if you want to give, go to bridgeway.cc slash give. You'll see a Ukraine uh, tab and give there. We know how to get the money where it needs to go if you feel led. All right. So what about this topic? How can we be real without being ruthless. Let me offer you two ways. Number one, by choosing love over truth. And number two, by choosing grace over judgment. Got it? By choosing love over truth and grace over judgment. We must choose love over truth. Like Corey Ten Boom who when the Nazis were coming to get Jews, this Jesus follower named Corey Ten Boom from the Dutch Reformed Church was faced with the choice of hiding Jews in her basement. She chose love over truth. The truth was she was breaking the law by harboring Jews who were systematically being exterminated by Hitler. Yet her faith gave her the strength to resist because she had the love of Christ in her. But in that moment when truth faced her and she had to tell the Nazi soldier the truth about whether she was hiding a Jew or not, she chose love over truth. This may bring up conflict in our hearts because civil dis disobedience at times makes us uh, deeply uh, hurt over what we're supposed to do. Like, are we supposed to keep the law or are we the laws of the land that are honorable or are we supposed to defy them? What do you do when the law of the land conflicts with the moral truth of Scripture or your own convictions? I believe we must choose love over truth, even in these moments. Now, what do you do when you know that telling someone the truth will crush their spirit? I had this very moment happen just on Thursday on the radio. A woman by the name of Ursula called this Listener on Thursday, it's Theological Thursdays on Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, and this topic was the theology of salvation just a few days ago. So Ursula calls, and she wanted to know if it was okay and should she pray for the salvation of her young adult son who had just died a few months prior, even though he died in his sins and she wasn't even sure if he was saved. Dr. Anderson, can he still be saved? Can I, can I pray for him that God would save him even now? This is a perfect example of having to choose love over truth. Listen to me here. I am not saying that you have to be truthless. But what I am saying is that you don't have to be ruthless. 
How do I tell Ursula the truth without being ruthless? By the way, what would you have said to Miss Ursula? And how do you care for the heart of someone while their heart is breaking after losing their son less than six months ago? You see, communicating truth to her in a loving way means that I'm choosing to love her over giving her the truth ruthlessly or without regard to her feelings. The reality is some of y'all could be so harsh. (laughs) Some of you need to ask God to give you the spiritual fruit of gentleness. Truth is not a spiritual fruit. And some of you want to be filled with the spirit, speak in tongues and raise a hallelujah with praise. Then you go home and lay people out with the same tongue that you're raising a hallelujah with. Hello. Maybe what you ought to do is raise a prayer and say, help me, Jesus, with my tongue that's on fire. James 3, 6 says the tongue also is a fire. Verse eight of that chapter, James three says, no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Hmm. Now, sometimes we think this is talking about loud people, but this scripture isn't talking about loud people. It's talking about lethal people. You see, poison isn't loud. (laughs) Poison isn't lethal. Poison isn't loud. Poison is lethal. And sometimes I think we mix the two. Just because you're an introvert and you you may be quiet doesn't mean you can't be lethal, strategic, poisonous. Poison's quiet. Snakes aren't loud. (laughs) Snakes don't roar. They slither and they lie in wait. The tongue can be ruthless. You know, I've seen quiet ruthlessness in action. You can't fool me. I used to watch soap operas when I was younger. (laughs) I really did. It wasn't because I really wanted to. It was because my older sisters couldn't wait to get home from grade school so they could watch what they called their stories. And so I'm the younger one, so I'm sitting there watching it too. And man, I've seen enough coy and slick and poisonous characters in these shows to know that you don't have to be loud to be nasty. I mean, y'all don't know nothing about these these stories, do you? Like General Hospital. Mm, Who remembers Luke and Laura? Y'all don't know nothing about Luke and Laura. What about all my children? Remember that one? Or the young and the restless? Or as the world turns? Or the bold and the beautiful? Oh, yeah, these old-time soap operas, look, they only came on three networks, ABC, NBC, CBS. I mean, now we have hundreds, if not thousands of channels. But back in the day, that was, that was it. You knew the young and the restless was coming on Channel 9. And in case some of you younger folks are saying, what are you talking about all these stories? Listen, yesterday, yesterday's soap operas is nothing but today's reality shows. Different shows, same spirit. Backbiting, gossiping, lying. Ruthlessness, <laughs> Real Housewives, Beverly Hills, or Real Housewives of Orange County, or Real Housewives of Jersey, Atlanta, Maryland's on the list, Real Housewives of Potomac. 
Not to mention keeping up with the Kardashians or my super sweet 16, Jersey Shore, or even The Bachelor. Clayton was just telling all those girls he loved them. <laughs> All right, so what am I saying? I'm saying it's the same thing, whether it's soap operas or reality shows. Where are the shows about building people up and, and benefiting them? Where are those shows? Oh, my bad. That's like Barney. I love you. You love me. We're a happy family with a great big hug and kiss from me to you, won't you say you love me too? <laughs> we want our children to watch Barney and these other shows. We want our kids and our grandkids to talk nice to each other. Then we go into the other room and we curse people out or, or cuss them out, depending on your diet, like you understand. But James says in verse nine, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and father and, and with it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, sisters included, this should not be James 3, 9 and 10. As believers, we cannot cut people up and spit them out with our tongues like those in the world do. Proverbs 15, 1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And Peter puts it like this, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit blessing. Now, I know some of y'all are hating this, this sermon right about now. And I don't mean to step on your toes, but maybe it's not a bad idea to ask the Holy Spirit to step on your tongue. You see, when we choose to tell people the truth, knowing that it's going to hurt, and we do not take into account their feelings and their hearts, that's not only ruthless, it's godless. Choose love over truth. That means that when I tell the truth, I'm going to do it with love. It means that you take into account the feelings of the other person. It means that you activate Ephesians 4.29 when you speak, which says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Notice that God is saying that when you speak to other people, it should build them up according to their needs so that it may benefit them. What the writer is doing is giving us two criteria to speak hard truths to people. Two criteria. Build, benefit. That's it. Build, type in build. You can just chat it right there. Say build. Okay? Benefit. Type in benefit right there. The two criteria for speaking hard truths. When you have to speak the truth in love, you have to take into account these two things. Ask the question, will it build? Will it build up the other person? Will it lift them up or will it tear them down? The second question you'll ask yourself is, will it benefit? Will it benefit the other person's development and growth? 
Will it be helpful to them as a person, even if it hurts a little bit in the moment? See, when I have to speak to another person about a hard truth, any truth, I must ask myself in the moment, how can what I'm about to say build the other person up or benefit the other person? And if it's not going to build or benefit, do I say anything at all? I think the answer is no, at least not now. This all underscores the sixth saying of a gracious, I will consider you. This doesn't mean at times you're not going to hurt people with what you say. The question is, will it at least be beneficial when you say it? Does it have love with it and behind it when you say it? If I say something that hurts you and it's not beneficial, then I've got to ask my quest- the question, what's the motive of saying it? It's not love. To hurt you and to leave you bleeding is ruthless. And by the way, who came up with that term, brutal honesty? I mean, where, where did that even come from? Who decided that the adjective brutal needed to come in front of such a noble word like honesty? Those two words should never go together. It's like a bad marriage or a terrible combination, you know, like Bobby and Whitney. <laughs> or, or Tina and Ike or, or J-Lo and Mark Anthony. Or J-Lo and Ben Affleck. Or J-Lo and Irod. Or J-Lo and Ben again. Or Kanye and Kim, or is it Kim and Pete? I don't know. What am I saying? There's some things that probably should never go together, and brutal and honesty shouldn't. You get the point. Honesty must quit brutality now if she's ever going to have a chance for a healthy relationship with others and herself. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, we must speak the truth in love or just don't speak at all. Choose love over truth by speaking the truth in love. Now, let me circle back to that story. Remember Ursula, right? So Ursula calls in and she says on Thursday that her her son died in November of 2021. She wanted to know if it was too late to pray for salvation. Instead of me telling you what I said, how about if I show you? Let's check out the three minute clip. My son was tragically killed uh, about maybe four months ago in November. Mm. And I know that uh, my son's lifestyle was apart from the Lord. But when he spoke with me, he knew that I was always interested in the Lord. So he would always say to me, you know, Ma, just keep praying for me. Mm. You know, pray for me, you know, often. So I just wonder, you know, is it a prayer that can be prayed? when your loved ones go pass on and you know that they may or may not, I don't know what was maybe secretly in his heart, but yeah. if he wasn't, is it a prayer that we can pray for, for their salvation for, for, for them? Well, you can pray that God would give you peace and comfort you so that you will trust that God did the right thing. Uh, Genesis eighteen twenty five says, will not the judge of all the earth do right? And that he would never charge the unrighteous as the righteous, and he would never charge the righteous as unrighteous. So we've got to trust that God will do what is right. Now, your prayer needs to be for you to have peace and comfort to trust that God will do what is right. You could also pray, 
God be merciful. Because you see, God is a merciful God. We don't know where your son is. We don't know whether he gave his life to Christ or not. But what you cannot do is pray, God, would you save him now? It is too late. So either he was saved when he died, right, or not saved. And we don't know. Because remember the man on the cross in the last minute, he was a criminal. And he said to God, uh, to Jesus on the cross, uh, remember me when you get to, you know, glory. And Jesus said Mm -hmm. back to him, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, everyone that saw that man saw him as a criminal. His whole life, he looked like a criminal. But in the last moment, his conversation with Jesus, which was really a prayer, that last Mm -hmm breath he's saying remember me lord that's all he said and jesus did remember him and said today you're gonna be with me in paradise then they died and so if you were to look at the last minute of that man's life if we didn't know that in scripture we would have looked at his life and said you know he he gone hell but you never know what happens in the last minute of somebody's life now i'm so sorry he was tragically killed that's terrible but i do pray that he did pray he did say he knew his mom was jesus you know he knew that you knew jesus and that's mm-hmm. sometimes the root that many young people need because when they, when you get into a crisis the thing you do is call out on the god of your mom or your father and so let's pray that he he prayed out to your god and asked for salvation wow so guess what We need to pray for troubled mothers who are travailing in prayer for their sons. And we'll pray for Ursula as well. But remember, when you have an opportunity to speak truth, even hard truths, choose love over speaking truth ruthlessly. Speak it in love, making sure that it's going to build or benefit the other person. Well, I asked the question earlier, how can we be real without being ruthless? The first thing is to choose love over truth. Here's the final and second one of today, and that is this. We must choose grace over judgment. Grace over judgment. When we don't agree with someone's belief system or their way of life, we can share what we believe. We can live what we believe. We can give great advice and give the answers uh, for the hope that is within us. I think that's so very important. But we must also have a large measure of grace inside of us for those who have differing opinions or they choose their truth over God's truth. We need a large measure of grace. And this grace isn't because we don't have strong convictions about the truth of God's word. This grace isn't because we are soft on our beliefs. This grace comes through us because we realize how gracious God was when we were in our sinful state, when we were confused, when we were rebellious. Do y'all remember Romans 5, 8? It says, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. <laughs> Romans five twenty says this, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more grace can outrun your sin. And Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. You see, this grace 
comes because we realize that it is by grace we're saved, not ourselves. God's grace is so patient with us. God's grace was extended to us when we were stuck in our sins. Anybody thankful for God's grace in their life? I tell you, man, God's grace was with us when we were rebelling against him. And to be honest, God's grace is with some of you right now in the middle of your mess. Oh God, thank you for your grace. My sister Sandra once told me when we were sharing some of our struggles back in the day, I was sharing some things I was going through and I sat with her in, in a restaurant in Orlando and as I was commiserating, she looked up at me and she said, David, God is patient with us and he gives us time to get our sins right. He always gives us time to get our sins right. Is anybody grateful that God gives you time to get your sin right? Is anybody glad that God waited on them to come to him for salvation before he returned for the day of judgment? You know, some of us are just so saved that we want God to come back right now and just shut the door of the ark behind us so nobody else can get in. Just come back, Lord. Just come back, Lord. And yeah, we ought to be looking for the return of Christ, but that is not so we're happy that the door closes behind us so we can get out of the evil world. We want him to come back. That should motivate us to want to help as many people get in. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. The, the door's about to close. Come on, I, I want you in, I want you in, I want you in. Some churches seem to be the exact opposite. You don't get in, that's your fault. Door closes, see you, bye, peace out. Like, what is that? That's not the heart of God. The door's closed. Come on, come on. I want you to get in, get in, get in, get in. You need to be saved. What if the door of the ark of God's salvation shut right before you got in? You see, God's grace is real in our lives, and we need to pray that it will reach the lives of others before the door of deliverance closes. And many of us have messed up our lives and our families, our finances, our marriages and our children and our jobs because we're human. We're depraved, deceived, deceitful, ignorant, selfish. Or for some of you, you were just a child when you had to make really hard choices. Some of you were teenagers and you were making tough adult choices that you shouldn't have had to make about relationships, about sex, about your own sexuality, about drugs, about colleges. See, some people don't have all the faculties or the advantages or the mentors or the privileges that some of you had. So I plead with you, be more gracious and less judgmental. And as you become mature and mighty in Christ, may that make you more gentle, not more of a jerk. Because that's not maturity at all. That's spiritual haughtiness. So how can we be real without being ruthless? Choose love over truth. Choose grace over judgment. And this last verse in Proverbs 16, 24, a brother texted it to me the other day. How perfect is this? It says this. 
Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. So I was listening to this secular song and it was one of those songs that you listen to and you realize that it has like a story to it. And and I saw a bit of an interview with the lady and I pulled up the lyrics. You know, sometimes you get a song on YouTube, you pull up the lyrics. And, and, and this song was so interesting because it was, it was like a message of grace. And, and the singer was saying that she had made some bad choices and she was pleading with her ex-husband to go easy on her. She admitted to making some bad choices with her husband and with her child and, and was in a way pleading for the others to just, just go easy on her. You know, grace doesn't mean that you excuse all the bad that people do and there are consequences for, for bad choices and bad behavior. But when people sin against us, yes, it hurts and we want them to pay. But we have to trust Christ with our pain and with our vengeance. And grace in some way helps us to empathize with their pain too. Have you ever heard of this song? It's called Easy On Me by Adele. And the song, she, say, she says this, I had good intentions and the highest hopes, but I know right now that that probably doesn't even show. It's secular. And she says, go easy on me, baby. I was still a child. Didn't get a chance to feel the world around me. I had no time to choose what I chose to do. So go easy on me. God has gone easy on us. And maybe it's time for us to go easy on someone else in our life as you seek to understand why they have made or maybe even are still making some bad choices in their lives. As you reflect on what I've talked about today, I'm going to close in prayer. But before I do, I've asked Tracy Tiernan and Coiro to sing Adele's song, Easy On Me.
When we are both so deeply stuck in our ways I can't deny how hard I've tried I choose to wear words to put you both first But now I give up Trying to understand why people do what they do is not always easy. And trying to understand why you do what you do isn't always easy. This is why we need grace. And so I'm going to pray a prayer of God's grace over you even now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for going easy on us for not judging us harshly, for being patient with us in our sin, for helping to bring clarity in the cloudiness of our confusion. Lord, might we have the spiritual fruit of patience, of gentleness, and of kindness. Forgive us as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, why don't you pray and invite him right now and just say, dear Jesus, I surrender myself to you. I invite you to come into my life to forgive me for my sins, to cleanse me from my unrighteousness and to give me new life. Thank you for rising again from the dead after you were crucified so that I, that I could rise to new life as well. Thank you for not shutting the door on salvation before I got through in this prayer today. In Jesus' name, thank you.
that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. We come to you now in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to the Bridgeway Community Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Bridgeway, visit our website at bridgeway.cc. To watch all of our sermons, visit our YouTube channel and make sure you subscribe while you're there. If you'd like to download sermon notes, just click the link in the description. If you'd like to take part in our 30th anniversary challenge, go to bridgeway.cc 30. That's bridgeway.cc T-H-I-R-T-Y. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.